Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Community Soulful Podcast. Today, we will be speaking with a therapist that owns her own practice. Her name is Jessica, and we are going to go over how can I live with depression. Um, So we're going to get started, and the first thing that we're going to go over is what is depression? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so depression can truly look different for everybody and be unique to each individual. So Um, But if you're speaking from the DSM-5 and how it defines it, it's essentially feeling sad or empty, hopeless, um, increased tearfulness, diminished pleasure, you know, things that you once found interested in is no longer serving you in that manner. Um, You might notice appetite or sleep disturbance, um, feeling kind of more fatigued, lower energy. Um, Another thing that is less talked about is like feeling inappropriately guilty um, about things or a sense of worthlessness. And then of course the recurrent thoughts of death, whether it be suicide or someone that you love or care about might die. Um, And then finding it hard to concentrate. So, and then depending on, you know, the severity and the frequency and the longevity of the symptoms is kind of what category the depression might fall under. So major depressive disorder could be a recurrent thing for you. It could be a single episode. Um, You might have something like dysthymia, which is kind of like a constant depression. Um, But the symptoms are usually very similar. It's just the longevity of it is what we kind of look at as far as diagnosis. Wow, that's, uh, that's an interesting point that you brought up. I just had a question kind of on that answer. And that was, why do people feel guilt? I mean, I completely, now that I think of it out, outside of what it actually is, it makes sense. Like guilt is a huge emotion, but why, why do people feel guilt? Where does that come from? Yeah. So as an example, you know, a woman who might be suffering from postpartum depression or major depressive disorder with peripartum onset, Um, essentially they might feel increased guilt around, okay, I'm a mom now I'm trying my best, but I don't think it's good enough. Um, and having these expectations for themselves that isn't hitting with those expectations, even though others around them might say, Hey, you're doing everything you can. You're doing your best. You're knocking it out of the park. Um, it's just this sense of kind of overwhelming guilt. And I notice that a lot more, like I said, in our postpartum depression type clients, um, or, you know, it could be, Hey, I'm in a relationship. I feel like I'm not giving my all to my partner. I feel really guilty about it. Um, it just kind of is cohesive with that, that increased, you know, emptiness, hopelessness, sadness, um, guilt just kind of unfortunately comes along with that sometimes. Okay. Great example on the postpartum there. Um, and I just learned something when it came to depression and, and that emotion and, I know that we're talking a lot about the symptoms of the feelings that may come as symptoms of depression, but what does depression physically look like? Like, What is a sign or symptom that someone you or anyone you know around you is struggling with depression that could be a physical indicator? Yeah, that's a really good question. So if you notice any of those symptoms that we kind of just talked about are causing significant distress or impairment in things like your social life, your occupation, um, other areas of functioning, that could be a really good indicator. Um, Or if someone is showing like mood incongruence, which essentially is their reactions and emotions don't match the situation. So for instance, 
maybe you're with a friend and something funny is said and the two of you will usually crack up and or even crack a smile and you notice that your friend isn't laughing the way that they normally would or even cracking a smile or um you know, maybe you're unable to cry or show appropriate emotions during a troubling event that would usually spark a reaction out of you. That's kind of what the mood incongruence is. And when you notice that within yourself or someone else, that could be a really big indicator. And then physically, um, when we have clients come to session who are undiagnosed and, and think maybe they could have depression or anxiety, something of that nature, one of the first things we might hear them say is, I'm just feeling so tired all the time and fatigued, um, low energy, lack of motivation. So that piece of it is really the physicality of it and noticing, okay, I'm just, you know, I know I'm getting enough sleep, um, you know, whatever that looks like in 2021, which never seems to be enough anymore. But, um, you know, so why am I tired all the time? That could be a really good physical indicator. Yeah, and I do like that that point where um, you kind of bring up the year because um, one of the things that you had just said is low energy, lack of motivation. But for me, I was just thinking, um, you know, how how is that? How can you indicate that when, like, say you're forced to quarantine or stay at home um, yeah. or in a lockdown, whether you're living in Europe or living here in the States um, or you're just super paranoid or scared or completely high risk for a virus? So I mean, I, I understand uh, where what you mean when it comes to lack of motivation, but also when you were talking about the being diagnosed or misdiagnosed or not diagnosed yet, um, I, I think, you know, a question just off the cuff is, um, is it much harder to, to diagnose a scenario of depression when there is a pandemic or there is a lockdown because people don't, they're not living their normal lives, so they don't really know you know, necessarily what their level of motivation is? Yeah, that's a really good question and very relevant, like you said, this year and last year of 2020. I mean, depression can be very biological, but it can also be really situational and environmental, meaning like we want to take a look at as of the whole person, the holistic of the person of, okay, well, what's going on in your life as well? Not just, you know, do you have maybe a chemical imbalance, but is there something external occurring? So for instance, the pandemic, you know, is this really the root cause of the depression? And I am seeing an influx of clients right now, you know, who are feeling kind of the weight of the pandemic, especially now that we're coming up on a year. Um, it's kind of hitting harder for a lot of people I've noticed. And we definitely take that into account. And that's when we can make that differentiation between does someone have major depressive disorder, um, that is recurring, you know, is this something that they've kind of struggled with off and on for years, or is this maybe a single episode based off of the environment right now and the external factors? And when it does come to figuring out, okay, is this something that's been reoccurring? Is this a single episode? Um, I know that um, we were talking a bit about the differences before recording on psychologists, psychiatrists, but does depression always or most time require medication or uh, psychiatric treatment, not just um, a therapist, not just a therapist. What is your take on what, what comes with depression? Are you pro medication? Are you not pro medication? Do you think it should be required? What's your mm -hmm. take on that? 
Yeah. So I am a huge advocate for medication management in conjunction with talk therapy, um, mainly because not just from a professional standpoint, but a personal standpoint, you know, I have been through the ringer as far as medications go and kind of finding that right concoction for myself um, at a very young age and then adjusting dosages as I get older and, you know, grow. But it certainly does not um, require medication every time. And I think that's a personal choice as well as finding the professional that will really work with you and understand what you want for your life and your, your mental illness. And, you know, like I said, sometimes depression is very situational and triggered by circumstances. So if you remove those triggers or learn how to cope with them in a healthy way, um, there's a chance that your depression may significantly decrease or cease altogether after some time. Um, however, on the other side, there may be internal factors causing depressive symptoms that may, you know, indicate the need for neurotransmitter regulation, which is done by taking medications. And there is absolutely no shame in that whatsoever. That That's a helpful qu- answer to my question. Um, and, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you feel that way um, because, of course, it's also important to bring light to the fact that depression is not just a feeling. It's kind of also like an internal science. Like it Mm -hmm. is a chemical in our brain, maybe that we need to balance out. Maybe sometimes it's out of like our, our, just our talking control. Maybe it's something that we, you know, actually need help with when it comes to medication. So that's a great point to bring up, but kind of going back to when we were talking about the signs, the symptoms, then finding a diagnosis, figuring out whether or not medication is right for you when it does come to having depression and still living your life, you know, going through these trial and errors with medication, going through the movements of the symptoms of, you know, lacking motivation or, you know, the symptoms of guilt or the symptoms of just being sad, how can a person still have depression and live a fulfilling life? Yeah. So as far as living a fulfilling life with depression, I always say to clients, depression or any mental illness for that matter does not define you, right? It's a part of you, but not all of you. So your life can still have so many other components that are completely unrelated to your depression. So try and give attention to those things, feed and water and and cultivate those other areas in your life um, and watch them grow. And you know what? You can also use the depressive states to your advantage sometimes, you know, that's your body's way of telling you, hey, let's slow down. Let's use this time to rest and get back in touch with ourselves and our mind, um, you know, realign and recharge and just be really gentle with yourself. And, you know, I oftentimes get asked not just how to live a fulfilling life with a mental illness, but how can you function in a romantic relationship or a friendship or anything like that? Um, and I would just like, first like to say function as yourself. Don't make changes to yourself based off of another person, unless it's something that you genuinely want to change. Um, But instead I would suggest being with a partner or finding a partner who is patient and understanding and willing to learn what you need during those times, but in the same breath advocating for yourself. So like in relationships, not just romantic, but friendships and family, um, be very vocal about what you need from your loved ones when you're feeling depressed or anxious or whatever it is, um, you know, you're not a burden to those that care about you. If you just kind of let them know what you need. I do love 
that you brought that up because that was my next question, which was how can a person with depression function in a romantic relationship? And I love the point that you brought brought about when it comes to function as um, in a way kind of, you know, just be, don't, don't worry so much about the function. Don't worry so much about, um, I guess, trying to like fit a mold. Right? Ah. Um, and before recording, of course, we were talking about our romantic relationships and, you know, our anxieties that we deal with or, or how we feel and how like it affects us or our partners or our relationships. And mm-hmm. um, one of the most important things that you had said to me is, is, or kind of brought to light to me is just remember, like, they're not feeling what you're feeling. So they don't necessarily understand it. Um, and I think that that's super important. And I'm going to take that with me from, from here on today out, because what we have to remember is whether we have anxiety or whether we have depression or whether we have, um, you know, bipolar, like those are things that we go through that not everybody else goes through that, you know, we have to understand like our partner just may not understand. And we kind of need to communicate that and relate that um, because not everybody has those feelings and fortunate for them. (laughs) Absolutely. And I mean, it's kind of the same with like a physical illness, right? Like if someone unfortunately is battling cancer, we can't necessarily say, oh, I I can relate to that. I understand that because maybe you don't know what it's like to go through chemotherapy. Hopefully, you know, you don't but you can empathize with the feelings that they might have. You've felt scared before in your life. You've felt um, triggered. You've felt frustrated and angry. So those are emotions that you can relate to, not necessarily the event. And it's the same with mental illness. You know, you can hopefully find find a partner or have people in your life who can relate to feeling sad. It might not be as frequent or as intense as your sadness is right now. Um, But if you can relate to them on that level and, and, give them, you know, the, the time and space to learn and understand, then that's really impactful. I completely agree. And, and, uh, you know, this has been such a wonderful conversation and I've learned so much, but just to conclude, my last question is going to be, you know, right now I'm going to assume that people who are listening either have or know someone that has depression, um, and they're really looking to us now and, what piece of advice would you be able to share with them or most want them to know? I'm glad that you asked that because I I would hope that even just one person can be impacted by this um, recording, you know, and if that one person is struggling with depression, I would just say you are very far from alone, Um, regardless of how isolated and hopeless or unmotivated you feel there are people out here rooting for you. Um, I'm one of those people. I think that you are one of those people, you know, just the few minutes that we've gotten to know each other. Um, And if the most that you could do today was just make it from the bed to the couch, that's okay. You're doing your best in this moment and better days are ahead. I do. That was so nice. Wow. I do love that. I'm going to quote you. Um, you're doing your best in this moment. And um, I really appreciate you being on the podcast, Jessica. Um, I'm going to have all of your information up on Community Soulful's page. I know that you uh, just started running your own practice. Super excited. Um, Thank you so much for the work that you do. And thank you for taking the time today to um, meet with me. I know we've rescheduled a few times here and there with uh, your pretty chaotic schedule. And um, 
I know that before we started the session, you were saying like, oh, we have to hurry because I have a, uh, I have a client at 9am. I really appreciate your dedication and just always uh, keeping me in the loop and, and really so proud of you and your practice and you just graduating from graduate school. So thanks so much for making the time and for, you know, being such an awesome therapist with all of your uh, social media advocacy. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm really honored that you asked me to be a part of this. I think your motivation behind this is really inspiring. And I'm, I'm so excited that you're trying to build this community of transparency around mental health. And um, like you said, social media, you know, you guys can follow me at wellness with wander underscore LLC on Instagram, um, TikTok. I'm just wellness with wander, or you can go to my website for, um, booking appointments or kind of just learning more about me and where I stand as far as theoretical approaches, things like that. And that is just wellnesswithwander.com. But again, thank you for asking me to be on here. This was so much fun and definitely um, a good way to start my day. Thanks again, Jessica, and have a great day. You too.